Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. These chairs just keep getting more comfy. Yeah, this one actually has a pad on it. (laughs) Much needed. Mine just got wood, like big butt indentions on this wood seat. Clearly this one's seen some relaxation. (laughs) So what's going on, man? What have you been doing this week? Uh, I'm actually a little... I'm actually a little ticked off. I gotta be honest with you. You're a little ticked off. I'm a little ticked off. All right. All right. Um, what? Well, here's the deal. Okay, uh, we're covering the Altmer this week, yeah. right? So yeah. the logical thing for me to have done was to go and do a little bit of research, right? So uh-huh. I'm down in Aradon. Yeah. I'm doing research on the High Elves, uh-huh. and our buddy, who's probably going to show up a little bit later, my. Nope, not that guy. No. Oh. The old blind one. Oh, yeah. So he shows yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. He shows yeah. up. Okay, I'm headlong into a great friggin' lore book. This guy shows up. Yeah. And says, hey, come meet me in this dark cave. Now, already a little suspect. Okay? <laughs> he wants me to go to this place called <laughs> The Harborage. Fine. Okay, I'm like, okay, whatever. I got a few hours to kill. So, I down a shot. Head out of the bar, start yeah. heading down to this. Yeah, it's. A, I'm not kidding you. It's a freaking cave. Yeah. So, yeah, we thought he was weird to begin with. He's really freaking weird because the guy lives in a cave. So. And he invited you to it. He invited me to the cave. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like when you sell something on Craigslist. You're not yeah. supposed to tell the person your address and that whole thing. Well, he literally invited me to this freaking cave. Is this like your Tinder? So, Elder Scrolls Tinder. Something like that. Always <laughs> swipe left. Never swipe right. So, so I end up in this cave, talking to talking to the prophet. Nice enough guy, right? Yeah. He starts telling me this tale. So he tells me this tale. Lo and behold, here's the kicker. I'm freaking dead. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that until this particular moment. Don't feel dead, but somehow I got Molag ball bagged, and. <laughs> Freaking killed me, and he took my soul. <laughs> so, so you're telling me we're both dead right now. I don't know about you. Have you been visited by the freaking weirdo asking you to go to some creepy-ass cave? Because <laughs> that's where I ended up. Yeah, but and I said no. Because no I'm, means I, no. I'm soulless. That was, I'm soulless. <laughs> well, balls. So, that means I probably am, too. Oh, um, I will take a blue banking beer for me. And my, my friend, uh, the only thing that's probably going to make me feel better tonight, and since we're in the spirit of the Altmer, I will take a Cyrodiilic brandy, please. Right oh, there you go. All right, patrons. Well, welcome to the show. This is episode three of the Lore Seekers podcast, where Elder Scrolls Online is king. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs, and I'm joined by my good buddy from uh, Southern Tamriel himself, Cash. We are here. We're pumped. Let's do this again this week. Back, bro. We are yes. back. So, what, what's been going on in game? You know, there really hasn't hasn't been a whole lot of news. The only... Well, hang on. We should probably address this. Um, 
So we got featured on Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, we did. That that was pretty. That yeah. was pretty awesome. Humble face. Yes. Right now is my is my humble face. Yes. Because that and the entire way that that whole thing went down was completely unexpected. Yeah. And in we are just incredibly honored to have yes. been given that opportunity to be able to showcase our show at show two at yeah. at show episode number two. Yeah. We were asked to do that, and it's like you know that is super cool. So to me, it goes to show what this community and the leaders of this community ESO themselves are developers for the game where their loyalties lie I think their loyalties lie with people who are excited about the game right who are actively playing the game yeah and they want to be able to showcase pretty much anything and everything that people create about Elder Scrolls Online if you follow their Twitter at all if you don't you got to follow it because they are posting stuff religiously every single day and a lot of the content that they're posting is not just stuff that's coming out about the game or what they're doing with the game. A lot of that stuff is player-made content. Yeah. And uh, it's just really, really neat to see that. So to be able to have been brought under their wing and uh, allowed to do even this the short little article that tells a little bit about um, Jibs and myself and our, our adventure in uh, with the Lore Seekers podcast, we're just super, super humbled. Agreed. I couldn't be more humbled, more thankful, more just feeling blessed. Um, it's truly awesome. Seriously, you guys, like every week, it's. I think I have a Khajiit crawling on me right now. I don't know if you can see that. You do. <laughs> okay. I see him. <laughs> I can feel it on my shoulders. Help. <laughs> Help. We both we both have Khajiit very near our, our bar stools at the moment. Help me. But um, no, seriously, it's I couldn't be more just thankful. Um, this community has received this show in such a way that it's it's mind-boggling. I have shut down everything that I'm a part of, aside from the Beard Company, just to focus on this show because these the the community just they they've embraced it so much. Like you guys listening, thank you so much because you guys truly don't understand and will probably never fully understand truly what this uh, this whole experience has has meant to us and how just uh, humbled we are and thankful and and thank you for you know even just three episodes in now three episodes in you guys are sticking with us you love the show i can't tell you how many uh tweets we've gotten people you know they're so happy they found the show because they're new they're new to the game or, you know, just people maybe having a tough time and they're, they love listening to the show. It makes them laugh, makes them smile. And that's just two episodes in. And so thank you. And it's, I, I, I don't you know, I, I don't even know like words that I could put into a sentence that could totally convey how I feel. Cause it's so, it's such a cool experience to have something like that happen. And we're so thankful for the team and staff over at Zenimax just for, totally taking us in and uh, supporting the show the way they have. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for the feature. It It's truly incredible. And thank you to all of you, too, who continue to reach out. That is awesome. Agreed. So that being said, my friend, we have a show to do. <laughs> yes, we do. This was a topic of conversation about uh, I think we have a humdinger of a show this week. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's going to be long. <laughs> 
It's going to be a little long. Yeah, there, you know, there really wasn't any news this past week. The only news article they put out was about us, and so I feel like that'd be a little. That that wouldn't be real, you know, humble. Yeah, we well, were, you know what it is is that they, they no, they smacked it hard last week. They had they so much stuff going on last week. They you got, did. If you heard our show last week, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. We got new crown crates on the way. Um, everybody got three free crown crates, and I got good stuff. And oh, hang on, uh, on hang on. That, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. I have, I have some frustrations with this. So, I Cash, <laughs> we spent three days logging in. And, you know, it's not like it was a real-time dedication thing. You know, you log in, kill th- kill something, and, and you and you get a crown crate. Well, I, yeah, I'm all over it. Well, Cash, what did you get in your three crown crates? Because I heard it's amazing, and I can't wait to hear about it again. Well, one of the things that I covered uh, last week, or, or first or second episode, I covered the fact that I live for that fifth card, right? So they normally give you four. They normally give you four cards. I live for the fifth card. So you're so my obnoxious. very first crate. My very first crate. Hmm, an extra card. He just flips that thing out, and I just hands in the air, in the form of a goalpost. Friggin' touchdown victory! My first one. I already win. So anyway, I got. Of course, everybody gets a bunch of potions, and and that's fine. I actually end up using them, or sometimes I break them down for for gems, but. Um, I was super stoked because I got a pet and I got a mask. I got a new mask. Oh, did you? Wow, that's I cool. Did. It's actually a really cool looking mask, too. I forget oh, what it's really? I'd have, I'd have to look. Oh, um, well. But the coolest <laughs> thing that I got, and I'm super stoked because <laughs> I'm an RP nerd now, apparently. Yeah. Um, and with Lore Seekers and the fact that. Cash the lore seeker, my character is a sorcerer and you know, dungeon delver, treasure hunter, scholar type guy. Yeah. I got the scholar personality. Thank you very oh, much. Well, aren't you just so blessed to What did you get, JB? Well, you know, he gave you three cards to choose from. No. No, he didn't do that to me. I sat down and he's like, Hey, here's three buckets of Khajiit crap. Pick one. <laughs> Because that's about what I got out of it. I got Charlie Brown got a rock. I got <laughs> I got two emotes and a freaking beaded headdress that I can't even use because that would just be weird on my 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 male Dunmer. I mean, I guess I could rock it on the wedding dress whenever I throw that thing on. Well, but hey, bro, he's a Khajiit. At least he didn't rob you. That's true. I could have been shanked. Oh, there you go. I mean, that could have got could have escalated quickly. Truly could have. I mean, talking about her soul getting tight ripped out. I mean, my life right before my eyes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I have no friggin' soul. Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. Yeah, the crate thing that was fun. The giveaways were fun. All all joking aside, thank you again, Zenimax. It was it was fun to get those crates early. And by now, the show's released. We do have the new crates. As we're recording, we're on the eve of the new crates, and I'm excited. Yes, I, I can't I will wait. Be spending. I'll be spending some crowns it's in the morning. Be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so good, so good. And speaking of, um, somebody gave me twenty-one thousand worth of crowns, and his name is Cash the Lore Seeker. Hmm. Now, that man, I appreciate because that was an unexpected gift. 
And I bought me a nice house. I bought me, uh, what else did I buy? Experience scrolls. Because of that, I was able to get experience scrolls. And now I am officially level 50. Very nice. Congratulations. A Thank golf you. clap for you. Here it is. Golf, golf clap. clap. Golf clap. Yes. That actually brings up another point that I, I think we should okay, address. Let's talk about it. I think we should address. All right. So we were having this conversation the other evening. Um, I believe we were in Daggerfall. Yeah. Over a couple of moods. Mead. And we were having a discussion about um, the houses, the new houses that are that are going on. Now, it's not the total topic of discussion, but right. it lends to the point of you, my friend, in the Elder Scrolls Online, were homeless. I, I was since you will not much. take more. Right, and since you will not take my Rings of Mara proposal, and since I'm very traditional, you will not live with you will not live in my house. So this will not be a flusy relationship. This will not go down that way until you properly accept my in-game marriage proposal, so we can get extra XP. Yeah, fine. So anyway, I digress. JB was homeless and had not had crown, so I wanted to secretly like gift him something like crowns but there's no way to do that yeah so i was kind of bummed so i had to go through other means to make that happen but it ended up working out fine but um i think especially for the holidays like christmas yeah oh my gosh absolutely i would love to just you know to just gift somebody yes a few crowns or or maybe an item or something like that so i wonder if that's in the process, if that's being, I think, truly think, you know, out of character here, that Zenimax could make some good money if they were to put in some type of a gift system where you could buy yeah. somebody game time or, you know, you could pay for somebody. And, and all it takes, well, actually, I'm not even going to say what it takes because I have no freaking idea what it takes to pull that off but you know some type of system where you could you choose the item that you want you put the person's at name and it gifts it to them yeah from your real life bank account um it's just a thought you know because that would have been way easier for me to do that rather than having to secretly go through your who's your daddy beer company paypal account but did that weird you out did you feel like you had you know like did that just a dirty everywhere. beard? No. Beard. I did. Okay. <laughs> you but, uh, have a dirty beard. It's clean. Thank you very much. But um, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, obviously, the company that probably does that best, in my personal opinion, as far as MMO world, um, I'm okay, I'm, I'm a little partial because I, I feel it. like they did a good job. But Don't say I, it. the Battle.net system that, they, that Blizzard uses with their, <coughs> with their games. Sorry. I vomited a little bit in my mouth. I'm just saying, look, this is an Elder Scrolls show, and I support. I will support this game, and I will push this game, but I will also say this, that they had a really good gifting system. They made it really easy to give people stuff. And I don't right. know, and You're this right. kind of begs the question, you know, I don't know if Cinemax, because this is different than, than World of Warcraft. You can't really relate this to World of Warcraft, because World of Warcraft is sub only. ESO isn't. And so their whole right. model is different. And that's why I, a lot of times, you know, stuff is a little more expensive in the crown store because not everyone's a sub. You know, there are free there are free to play players out there. And so maybe that's the reason why they haven't even um, implemented this yet. But 
I totally agree with you. I really wish they would because there, again, are times when, for instance, Christmas or your birthday or, you know, just other guildies. Like, I would love to be able to give them something from the crown store to give to them. And I I hope they implement that to some degree, even if it's crates. Like, who doesn't love free crates? Or a pet. Yeah. Yeah. Pets. I mean, they, they could totally limit that. And I could see if they wouldn't want to do like the, you know, like the gym reward stuff. That makes sense. But you know, you could totally do pets. Um, yeah, uh, I I honestly think they would. I'm sure they probably explored this before, but I bet you they would make some money. They would seriously. For they sure. would make. It wouldn't be like they'd be losing the initial sale. It would just be purchased through someone else and given to them. They'd still be making the money yeah. off the initial during. during during New Life Festival time, for sure. I mean, yeah. everybody's looking to, to give Christmas gifts, so. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It'd be a great way okay. to to give to other players, that's for sure. Um, so- Man, this is strong brandy. Holy shnikes. <laughs> well, mine's all out. Cyrodiilic <laughs> brandy. In the stress of my three free crates experience, I think I chugged oh. mine already. I'm empty. You're out? I'm out. You're out. Wench! Another round! Coming right up. And he's buying, by the way. This is all my time this week. Just make that clear. Alright. I, I feel like I Wait to... until you screw wait until you screw up a name. It's like minutes away, trust me. <laughs> it's true. Alright, so we really don't have any news this week. Um, and and we've seen this before, Cash mentioned it. You know, they put all their um, cards on the table last week, and that kind of happens, uh, especially with MMOs. When they do a full week like that, typically the following week is quiet. Then the week after, it kind of starts to um, get a little bit more um, populated with articles. And then usually by the third week, usually it's hopping again. So we're kind of in a lull with news, but we still have something that, what, uh, that we feel like we should talk about. So, uh, Cash, my good friend, are you ready for some uh, news? Yes, I am. Ha <laughs> All right, so there wasn't any news, and so we had one of our... We've got uh, actually a couple people now who have uh, reached out to us, and they wanted to help us with news and collecting information. And so we have sent them out this past week, and they've been hanging out amongst you. They have been eavesdropping, listening to your conversations. And so they searched the community of Elder Scrolls Online and came back with this interesting post... And I felt like, you know, it was something that we totally needed to to uh, to address or even talk about because it's so interesting. I've never seen, you know, I've never really, I don't think we've ever really talked about it. No, we mentioned it in a previous episode. Uh, so the article is this. ESO's races have connections with a wide variety of real world cultures. Okay, now this is a post from the Elder Scrolls Online Reddit by, oh crap. Here we go. Drinks on you. (laughs) Sarkis. The tea is silent. Damn it. All right. All right. Ah, You are are smart in your part of Tamriel. I'll give you that one. Good old Indiana Tamriel. (laughs) Suck it, Trebek. All right. So uh, (laughs) here's the quote. (laughs) Quote, as a new player who always chooses a thieving rogue archetype in every game. And as an arrow player who loves Red Guard environments and lore, I totally agree with that. The environments are awesome. Yep. I started sure. playing at exactly the right time. 
I was able to turn the lucrative event, and he's referring to the whole Dark Brotherhood event we had uh, last week going on, uh, to turn the lucrative event into motives into a very nice house, Twin Arches, and have almost completed the Thieves Guild DLC. Loving Hughes Bane and excited to explore the rest of Hammerfell until the next event at least. So here's the discussion point. The guy talks about he's always playing rogues, okay? He's an arrow player who loves the Red Guard environments. So this brought up this discussion, and I thought, you know what? Maybe this would be fun to think about. How does our real life outside the game reflect how we play the game inside? Or how we play inside the game? So, Cash, you are... Yep. I already know where you're going to go. And oh, you yeah. know you know I where know I'm you gonna you, yep. you know exactly where I'm gonna go. Yep. But to the people who don't, go ahead. <laughs> we've we've already had this discussion like for several years we've had this discussion, Jibs yeah, and I. Yeah, we have various um, podcasts. Right. So um I in the in the real world, in IRL, I work in um, public safety. I work both in law enforcement and um, and in uh, fire department. So the way that I usually do things, obviously with, with my chosen profession, I have a very high moral compass in my life most of the time, which is basically for me, do the right thing as much as possible all the time. Right. Um, You know, it's a constant struggle. You always try and do the right thing. Sometimes you screw up and you don't. and, And anyway, right. That's always my goal is to do the right thing. So in games, that translates like directly over. I have an extremely difficult time rolling an evil character at any time. I have a very hard time making hard decisions um, to that would be at you know, the detriment of even an NPC. Um, that says nothing to the fact that I kill a crap ton of stuff every time I play the game (laughs) but it's just kind of you know you try and get into what the game is and if you're not killing anything then you're not playing the game so but that's kind of how how I roll and you know the other thing is too is um, I've been a paramedic for several years so I always I won't say always because right now I'm venturing out a little bit for the most part I play healers all the time right so this is really like with my sorcerer character it's one of my very, it's one of my first characters and a rare character that I'm really loving that does the exact opposite of healing. It's melting is what I do on my sork. So right. Um I, and I think that's it. That's the long and short of it for me is that that's just the way it's the way that I roll in real life and it's the way that I play my games. Now I know JB is a friggin' heathen, so it's completely the opposite <laughs> for him, but I want to hear it from you. What the heck? Okay, so mine's very similar in that, and I would honestly like to listen hear from our listeners too. So please email us loreseekerspodcast at gmail dot com. How does your real life influence or reflect the way you play the game? You play Elder Scrolls Online when you're in game. I would like to hear from you guys on that. So for me, it's it's similar. I mean, you know, you know how I live my life. You know the kind of person I am. Um. And I try to do everything as right as, as possibly as I can. Um, and when I'm in game, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> so 
I am, and I tried so hard to get you into the whole Sith Empire when we played Swotor together. I tried so hard to get you to force choke those people in those decisions that you had to make. Dude, it was just so, it was so hard. Every Sith that I played, I was like, I was like the, the evil, the evil, uh, you know, you're on the evil, in the evil faction, but I was like the, uh, the crusader for good. Like, I know I can turn him. I know I can turn him. He can do it. He's a good man. There's still good in him. Oh, man. I was the opposite. I was the crusader of evil. I love a good force choke, a good shock with lightning. And that's the same thing with ESO. But I found this. And especially, you know, and for the longest time, Cash and I made fun of RP. Particularly the video where the guy's screaming lightning bolt and he's throwing little lightning bolts everywhere. Yeah, I think even our peers made fun of that, though. That's funnier than hell. I don't know anybody who doesn't. (laughs) That being said, once we kind of stepped into RP, and I know we dabbled a little bit in WoW together. We're both in the same RP guild. Cash is already in this guild. So I'm thinking about app applying. Um, It's You really kind of develop this whole appreciation for your character. And so you look at your character differently like, are you really just evil? Is that all you're about or is there more to you that makes you the way that you are that your character is in game and so then you're thinking huh how would this guy handle this situation or why is it that he like my guy my my job in real life (laughs) i'm the the kind of guy people hate i take their money i'm a salesman in real life (laughs) so i'm the cutthroat guy i'm taking your money so i can feed myself and play more eso okay uh, feed my feed my family play yeah so but um so for me in game i like to be that whole just op- opposite of of good so I'm, I'm totally evil all right and so when i'm doing this rp thing it, it really gets you thinking and you develop the uh, apparently we're going to rp with this you develop this whole appreciation for your character because it takes on more meaning than just a name it takes on more meaning oh. Totally than just your level or or your gear. It's the weirdest thing, and I never would have dreamed when we joined, when we started doing RP, that it would be as fun as it is, because you're you're not <laughs> not going around screaming lightning bolt. Although that'd be kind of funny to watch someone do. Um, you know, you are totally developing your backstory. It's it's you are adding to the you are adding to the game with your own creation. Right, so and especially for people who are uh, tabletop, they get into D and D, or um, maybe the Star the Star Wars tabletop, whatever it is that you're into, you know, you can totally relate to this because that's what you're doing anyway. Is you are creating depth to your character, and I think that's the one thing that I would encourage people to like listening to this. You know, not only do I want to hear you know how you play the game, but I would encourage you to really take a look at your character. And think a little bit more about them. Like I've said before, like my guy is all about, he's he's kind of evil, like that's his thing, and he likes power, okay? Now, I, now what I need to do is go through and develop that into why he is the way that he is. But essentially what you're doing is you're adding content, you're adding your own content to the game that you love, and you develop the most unique connection. That's the one thing I noticed. And I never thought I would ever say that. I made fun of RP so long, and then I got into it, and it totally changed my perspective. Like, you get this weird but strong 
connection with your character. Yeah, I don't think it's weird at all. I, I honestly don't. And the reason being is because, you know what, this is our entertainment. And when you look at, like, what I do in the real world, you, and you look at me, you would never, ever think that I was a complete geek for this kind of stuff. But you know what? And for the longest time, trust me, in, in my profession, for the longest time, I hit it. And then I got to a certain point in my life where I was like, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. This is what I am. Right. This is this is what I've embraced in my life. And this is what makes me happy. Now, it's not, okay, caveat to that. My family, <laughs> my job, all the, there's all those other things. You know, my child, they are what, you know, truly bring me joy and happiness. But I'm not kidding you. When all that stuff aside, when all that stuff is handled for the day. Yeah. Gaming, particularly ESO, and the way that this game is and the joy that this game brings to me is what I choose to, it's what I choose to spend my time with. So, yeah, it absolutely, my real life outside of the game reflects the way I play inside of the game. And I think it does for JB too, even though he takes a, even though, you know, he takes a different persona with his characters He's just doing it, I think, just because he's so damn good in the real world. He's such a nice, genuine, you know, yes, he's just go a on. good man. So Gorgeous. that's all you're getting, okay? That's all, right, all you're fine. getting. All right, I'll take it. You know, he, he's just a good man. So who cares if he RPs a, an evil character in the game? This is what he likes to do. He's not going to get dressed. This is what I tell my wife all the time. It's, it's actually quite fantastic. You talk. I don't. I'm not going out to the to the bar getting drunk. You know what I mean. I'm coming yep. home, and I'm maybe having a beer or two, and I'm playing right. the game that I love. I'm not ignoring my yep. family by any means. They're they're right. first and foremost. So my life outside of the game directly translates to what I do inside of the game. Because even in, I try to be kind outside of the game as much as I possibly can. Inside of the game, I try to be kind too. Somebody has a question. I try to go out of my way. I'll send him a whisper with the answer to the question. Somebody puts up in chat. Somebody I don't even know puts up in chat. Hey, can anybody come and help with this world boss? Whatever. Right. I try as as long as I have the time. I try and go every single time because not only right do I feel good doing that, but the person genuinely needs help. And at the same time, it builds this unbelievable community. I know there's a million people out there doing exactly what I'm right. doing in gaming. I've seen JB do it. You know, so yeah. Yeah, if you're good outside of the game, transfer it into the game. If you're a real dipped, <laughs> that was a terrible. That's like, if you're a duty head. Was, was that a was that an edited version? Because you know what I would have said in the unedited Just version. Just bad you? man. <laughs> so I mean, if you're oh, a terrible man. person, then by all means, don't <laughs> suck it into our game or any game for that matter. Just be nice. Oh, but, right. You know, yeah, I, right. I love this. I love I love the fact that Zarkis wrote in and said that because, yeah, also it, there are tons of racial similarities between the real world and what we find in Elder Scrolls Online. You can find those similarities. And you know what? Maybe one person's a little off or their opinion's a little bit different from the other, but go and look for it. It's really neat, the parallels that can be drawn between real life and i think he nailed the red guard environments they're they're totally arabic and it's like i would love to hear it like have you ever heard like 
Ar- in Arabic talk, it is a beautiful language. Yeah. You know really what I mean? Is. So it's like, and the culture that uh, Elder Scrolls is bringing in along with that parallel is, is fantastic. And it, it repeats itself in all the races, I think. And tonight we're going to talk about, you know, the snooty people who are probably from Orange County, California, which may or may not be where I'm from. But <laughs> the Alma are super snooty. <laughs> yeah, and all, so anyway. all of us... All of us rednecks, we're holding it down here in good old uh, Western Indiana. I thought you were from Tamriel, dude. This is so low, so lore breaking. You started it, SoCal. All right. So all right. anyway, whatever. I think that was a. I hope, if anything, that that kind of got you all thinking, because it definitely got us thinking about it. You know, totally the way we play. Now I know Cash and I both. Now I'm not knocking this if you do, and we'll end it here. We'll end it here. I'm not knocking it if if anybody does. But we, I cannot for the life of me get into playing a female character. And I know that this is a, a thing in the MMO community. And there's a lot of dudes who like to play female characters. That's their way of playing. That's your thing. That's awesome. I support you 100%. For the life of me, I don't know what it is. I can't. Actually, I know what it is. I can't play a female character because my wife gets really, really upset about it. She's like, what are you doing? Why <laughs> What? Why are you playing a female character as if I'm going to replace her with pixels in front of me on the computer? Cash, you got this smirk on your face, and I don't like it. <laughs> this is because my wife could care less. <laughs> she honest, she could care less, and I, I can't. I also can't. I just don't. Yeah. Um, I and it's it's nothing against a female character. I just like right. playing characters that I believe look somewhat like me. Yeah. That's, yeah, because it's totally yeah, like projecting yourself characters. into the game, and exactly. I, I just, I, th- I, and also you know, you, you, the female characters I don't think can have beards, and that's a, that's a no go for me. You got to have a, you know. Well, thank God the female characters can't have beards. That would, ugh. <laughs> Could you imagine them getting that in their mouth? It's terrible. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we guys, we hope you guys enjoyed this. But um, anyway, oh, cash, 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 cash. Turn around. Turn around. Turn. Again? Every week this guy's gonna show? I love it. My ink, my buddy, what's going on? Oh, here he Don't comes. Don't lie. Here, he here he comes. Time. Here he comes. Here he comes. You wanna talk to him? You wanna talk to him first? You want me to talk to him first? Hey, my ink! What's going on? Uh, you wanna play a little truth or dare? <laughs> see? Do you see the way he smirked? He doesn't tell the truth. So, anyway, what do you got, dude? Nords are so serious about beards. So many beards. Maik thinks they wish they had glorious manes like Kajit. <laughs> I don't believe you, and I think you're lying. Now go away from our table. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, Maik has shared some wisdom with you guys, and it is time for us to do the same. This is our ESO 101 segment where we take you guys through the game. Now, we've got a lot of messages from you guys lately talking about how you've recently come back to the game. And you're learning it again. You're like us. Well, no, let me phrase that. You're like JB here, or Jips. You're like me. I'm learning this as I return to this game. And so we are here to kind of teach you a lot of the things that we have picked up, that we've learned. Cash has been a part of this game for a lot longer than I have. And so here we are. And today, Cash, good old buddy, we are talking crafting basics. Yes, we are. I think um, this is something that 
a lot of players may or may not realize is actually very important to their character, depending on what lines they decide to go to. Um, so I, I'm going to give you some beefy tips on all the crafting lines and how you can make your character a crafting giant, basically, if you want to. This is going to kind of give you that start as you're leveling. Even if you're 50 and already into your champion levels right now, you can still start doing this stuff right now. Because as long as you're out questing, you're going to be getting the materials that you need to make these, um, to start moving these crafting lines along. So um, the number one tip that I have for you all is for the three main crafting lines for woodworking, blacksmithing, and clothing. Start researching those lines as soon as possible. Now, you don't even have to, like, level up. You don't even have to put skill points into this in order to start leveling up and researching. You can mm -hmm. research without even having to put skill points in. Um, all this means is that the gear that you get out in the world, the stuff that you would normally just trash... What you're going to be doing is you're going to be opening up that, uh, you're, like say for instance, you're going to go to a clothing table, open up that clothing table, and you're going to go to the research. You're going to research on the items that you loot. They're going to have certain traits on those on those items. Mm -hmm. Once you find out, you know, you kind of take a look and see what items have traits. Those items will have like a little magnifying glass next to them. Yeah. That means that you can research that item. So you just choose research. Yes, it destroys the item, but you start researching that trait. So later on, when you want to craft your own gear, you will have learned that trait and you'll be able to craft gear with that trait on it. For instance, training gear. As people are leveling, everybody wants training gear because it adds a percentage of, uh, of um, XP bonus to your gear. Correct. Yeah, you may So that's a trait that, that's a trait that you can... That you can research. So you'd research it, put it on a piece of crafted gear, then you can wear that gear out in the world and you get increased um, XP. Right. So for all those different traits, make sure you start crafting right away. Um, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be able to add those traits to any item uh, using gemstones that you get in the recipe. And the gemstones you're going to get through basically looting everything out in the world. So, Right. Okay. So when you go into that trait line... That trait line panel organizes those items by category. So for, say, your robes or shoes or gloves, each one of those types of, um, of materials that you're going, or types of items that you're going to craft will have their own traits on it. So you can imagine robes have all the traits for robes. you got to research all those. Gloves have all the traits for gloves. you got to research those. Shoes, all the traits for shoes. And you, this continues through light armor, medium armor, and heavy armor that is a boatload of things to research and that's yeah, really i didn't is. even mention woodworking or blacksmithing or anything like that so right if you can get started on researching these things as soon as possible it is going to be huge for you later on in the game so um like i was saying the traits that you can research are going to be flagged as researchable and then it will have the corresponding item type in your inventory so the little new window will pop up. It'll prompt you to select the item that you want to research. And it unfortunately does destroy the item. Uh, some research has a long cooldown. And then unless you 
spec into it with skill points, you can only really research one thing at a time. But in each right. line, woodworking, blacksmithing, and um, and clothing, you can actually spec in skill points to increase the amount of items that you can research at once, up to three um, per each crafting discipline. So at any one time, you can be researching three things for woodworking, three things for blacksmithing, and three things for clothing. Once you can get to that point, this is your goal. If you're planning on doing all the lines, which... Trust me, there are plenty of skill points in this game for you on your main character um, or any character a character that you want to max out every crafting line. There's plenty of skill points. Don't worry about that. Um, you just have to put the work into getting those skill points. But your goal, if you're going to do that and have a, have a master crafter character that has them all, um, your goal is to have three things researching in woodworking, blacksmithing, and clothing at any one time. Try and have them all going at once. Right. And, so, and that that was, when I first came, actually, when I hit 50, the first thing I wanted to do in leveling was, all right, I want to go 1 to 50. I'm going to focus on leveling. All right, so I finally hit 50. And so I started getting into crafting. Holy balls. There is so much to do. There is right. a lot to do, and I'm trying to do alchemy. And you're trying to find all these plants so you can learn all the, all the ingredients, what they do, and that alone. And plus, you're researching stuff. Or you're, there is a lot going on at once. So the main thing, like yes. Cash talked about, that I've learned, that I've picked up on, is researching, and deconstructing. Oh yeah, we are definitely going to talk deconstructing. It's a huge. So um, just remember too that the um, cooldown. Cooldown can be anywhere from a few hours to literally almost a month. It's that or the cooldown on some of the some of your Are you traits. Serious? So you, I didn't know that. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so like I think the latest one that I did was twenty one days. And it was it happens to be the last ones in a certain line mm-hmm. before you get to before you get to Nernhound. And we're not even gonna touch Nernhound today. Um, I think that's it gets a little more into advanced crafting and we'll talk about that on another day but uh once you get to the last items like say staves for instance okay lightning staves i've researched everything in lightning staves i got one left so that one thing left that i have and i finally pick up something or have a friend craft me something with the trait that i need to research Mm -hmm. then you start researching and it's like 21 days i'm like seriously bro (laughs) okay i have a khajiit there's there's khajiits everywhere I don't know who runs this establishment, but clearly we need to have a chat because I know. there's a bunch of naked Khajiits running around everywhere. I currently have two naked Khajiits all up and about my person right now. Okay. So, okay. Now, this is why it's important to research traits. When you get to endgame, and this is going to be once you have completely gotten addicted to ESO, which I think happens to a lot of people. Um. You'll notice when you're out in the world, you run into these specialized crafting locations. And they're marked on your map by like a little flame. You'll see like it looks like a little flame. And then I think mm-hmm. it's like a little... I forget what else is in there. Let me open up my map and take a look. I'm opening up my map and <laughs> taking like... a look in... Uh, because Jibs and I are sitting in a tavern somewhere. Nobody's it's true. We map. actually... We actually... Uh, we like to do this show live in taverns. And uh, we are... Well, shoot, I'll just tell them because there's no one here. I don't think they found us yet. We are at the, where are we? Uh, the we're outside, at the outside in in Grotwood. The outside in Grotwood. There, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Chilling at a table. So when you look on your map, 
you will see these locations. And these certain locations, as I look into... It looks like a little flame on it. And those are very specialized locations for certain types of gear that you can craft. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I just crafted... Okay, yeah, it's a little flame and it looks like a little uh, hammer mm -hmm. and a spike. Hammer and a spike at the base of it. So, you go to these locations and they have certain sets of gear that you can create. Like, I just went for my... I created uh, the Giuliano set for my um, sorcerer. And these sets, these crafted sets, are some of the best sets of gear that you can get in the game. And, you know, right. you can cra you'll craft it at the base level, and then you go back and you, you take it back to your crafter, and then you upgrade everything. You upgrade it to... Mm -hmm. Green, then you upgrade it to blue, then you upgrade it to purple, and then if you want to, and if you have the mats, you upgrade it to gold level. Um, and that's going to give you the highest stats for that gear for your character. Right. So in order to do that, though, you, in order to use those very specialized crafting locations, you have to have researched a certain number of traits in the regular, just the regular old line, the regular old motifs. You have to have researched, say divined and hardened and uh, sharpened and all those different types of right. traits. That's why it's so important to start researching your traits now, because at the end game, when you want to build that end game set for your character, you won't be able to do it. And then lo and behold, it's going to take you two months, three months to get to that point. So right now, while you're leveling, just do it instead of selling that gear throw, just go to the crafting stations and start researching that stuff right now now and that's fine if you just want to do say woodworking right no problem all the stuff that you get that you can break down in woodworking just go down go break it down research it and the stuff you can't research then you how do you like this for a transition deconstruct ding 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 so <laughs> transitions are hard <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about deconstruction and this is going to lend to my, the topic that I had written down here is the best ways to level your crafting disciplines. So when you're looking at the three base, the three basic ones, and don't worry, we're going to talk about provisioning. We're going to talk about alchemy and we're also going to talk about um, enchanting. We'll get there. But right now right. we're kind of hitting on woodworking, blacksmithing and clothing, who are, which are the basic ones. So the best way to level these up, you would think the best way would be to just craft gear. Yeah, not so much. The best way really is for woodworking, blacksmithing, and clothing. The gear that you get that you cannot research at that time, say you already have a timer going for research and it's going to be a while, and you're out on this frenzy out in the world and you got a whole, you have a bag full of gear to do something with. Yep. Don't sell it. Deconstruct that stuff. Yep. So you're, you can start deconstructing. Certain gear is going to be better for your deconstruction. You're, you're gonna, there's going to be a little indicator on there that's going to tell you um, that you get more inspiration points for this. And inspiration basically is your XP that you're going to get for crafting. So those ones you definitely don't want to sell. You want to deconstruct those because you're going to get an increased amount of XP if you deconstruct them. So do yourself a favor. Save especially those that are going to increase your inspiration. But just 
deconstruct it all. Even the stuff that says that a merchant will give you a higher amount. It has like a little money bag on it. It says the merchant will give you a high amount of, of gold if you sell them to a vendor. Yeah, you'll make some money there. But at the same time, you're still going to get a pretty good chunk if it's level appropriate to your character. Even a white, a piece of white gear that you get is going to give you a really good amount of XP when you deconstruct it. So don't be afraid to deconstruct everything. It's going to level your stuff up very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then once you level up at those certain levels, um, you're going to be able to add more points, more skill points into um, the different trees. Right. Okay. So now let me, here's a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you been deconstructing? I've been actually, yes. Today I've been doing okay. quite a bit. Today, today he's been doing construction okay, because he read the show that notes. Started yesterday, no, <laughs> well, partially, but yesterday, uh, when I dinged fifty, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, that's when I started. Okay, now it's time for crafting. I went, I just went from full leveling to now it's champion points and crafting. So that's mm. when I started deconstructing. So, yeah, I mean, hey, play play your game. Play your game the way you want to play your game. But I am a little bit more of a completionist. So I, instead of having all that money, which I really don't need a whole lot of money right now because I'm not buying high-end items, I'm just trying to get all my stuff to max. So, uh, and trust me, I'm not even that much of a min-max player. But So that's what I'm doing. If you just play the game the way that you want to play the game, but if you want to maximize stuff, start this crafting and researching stuff super early. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we already talked about how deconstruction is one of the best ways to level your crafting disciplines. Um, it's also a very effective way to get crafting materials. So as you deconstruct, and you can even put skill points into getting better materials out of your deconstruction. And by all means, max those out. As soon as you can, like in each tree, I usually try and max out everything all the little passives that you can get in your um, in your crafting trees, I pretty much max out everything except for um, what's the one where you find it gives you a, a little boost in finding stuff. I don't oh, really do that eye. one. Yeah. Uh, keen eye, keen eye. I don't usually put oh, points into that okay. because I, I got a pretty good eye for stuff. But if it helps you, I was talking to to one of the guys in our guild today. Tim, it really helped Tim out to use Kenai. So yeah, put points into that. There's plenty of points in the game. So just find the points, put them in the things that you need and go for it. But other than that, I pretty much max out everything in all of my lines, including hirelings. Get those hirelings working for you because every day they're going to bring you crap and you might not use it for quite a while, but that stuff's going to get stored in your crafting bag. And uh, if you're, if you're subbed and if you're not subbed, we already talked about this, right, JB? Yep. We're going to say it again. If you're not subbed, this is the one reason, one reason why you should be subbed or, or the one of the most huge benefits to subbing to the game. Subscribing is what I mean. Uh, is that you get that endless crafting bag. As opposed to having to constantly worry about crafting materials going into your regular inventory bag, it's a freaking nightmare. That's how the game started and it was really difficult to manage your inventory. They've since fixed that and made it a bonus to people who subscribe to the game to have this bottomless crafting bag. So everything that you loot out in the world or everything that you deconstruct, all of those materials go directly into your crafting bag. You don't have to worry about them. 
So it's oh my god, so it's worth so my sub money for worth that. it. Yeah, I'll happily right. pay fifteen right. bucks a month just for that. Absolutely. So, okay. So anyway, just remember that deconstruction of items great way to level your crafting, uh, and also great way to get crafting materials. So. Uh, the other thing that you'll get, is particularly when you do writs, and we'll talk about writs in a minute, is uh, the crafting surveys. You will get crafting surveys as rewards. Sometimes you'll get them as drops. And basically what these are is it's like a little map. It gives you a map like you'll say uh, Cyrodiil uh, clothing survey. So you're going to travel to Cyrodiil. All you got to do is open up the map of Cyrodiil. And there's going to be a big X, right? If that thing's in your inventory, there will be a big X where that um, where those where those nodes are located. So say you get a, a clothing survey um, in Grotwood. You have, make sure it's in your inventory. Open up the Grotwood map. There'll be an X where, where those materials are. Travel to where that X is and there will be very dense nodes of ancestor silk, jute, all kinds of different things. Whatever your, le- your crafting level is at or your gathering level is at, there will be those level appropriate resources there and a ton of them. So you'll probably have five or six nodes to go through mm-hmm. and each one, you know, has like 10, you know, maybe 15 resources in it. So those, uh, re- those crafting surveys are an outstanding way to stockpile resources, especially if you're doing writs. So, oh, and the other thing, while you're doing those crafting surveys, it's an outstanding way to unlock way shrines that you don't have and also get out and get, um, while you're in the area, might as well pick up sky shards that are right there, right? So Agreed. it's just, yes, it's just, uh, it's economy of motion. While you're there, you're right there, might as well just pick it up. So, but that's why, like some days, man, I just get, I get on, I have one crafting character. He's basically like a mule character, full crafting character. I just get on him. And I just cruise around and I do nothing but gather resource nodes and, and I finish or I do all my my treasure maps when I get treasure maps and I do all my crafting surveys. You get so much freaking loot. Yeah, and so, that's where that's that's the one part where I feel like ESO really, you know, hits it out of the park is, is they capture the MMO feel. You know, where truly you can just log in and if you just wanna go and look for resources, you wanna just cruise around Tamriel get the sky shards i mean you can do that and it's totally worth your time doing that you're still benefiting yourself it's sometimes it's brainless like i love our guild chat we get into guild chat but our guild chat is busy it's a busy place they love to talk and if you think you're gonna go do a bunch of quests with a bunch of quest text while they're do while they're talking like that that's not happening at all you're not going to understand a word of what any npc says at all so Sometimes yep. on those days, I, I just want to sit in there and socialize, so I'll just get on my crafter and I'll just cruise around and, and do that stuff. It's brainless. Yeah. So, anyway. Yep. All right. So I digress. Uh, okay, where were we? Ritz. Let's talk about Ritz. Um, basically, what Ritz are, they're orders from your faction to craft supplies in the certain disciplines for the war effort and other local needs. So, they're basically giving you like a little mini quest and giving you a reason to be crafting these materials, but sometimes you'll craft four or five staves, uh, a couple shields, um, you know, a few light head pieces, a couple medium head pieces. It's all level appropriate um, for the regular writs. The master writs get a little more into it. Not going to talk about master writs today. Just regular old writs. So 
but they also give you those crafting surveys and you get some really good um, loot and experience for your crafting lines if you're doing uh, the Ritz. So in order to do the Ritz, though, you have to um, complete the basic crafting training in each faction's capital. So those quests are super easy. It's just, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where to go in a minute, but you go to an NPC. She tells you what to do. You got to gather this or gather that. You go gather a couple resources, bring them back to her, and then she's going to uh, have you craft like something simple. And then she'll train you and say, okay, now you're trained for blacksmithing. Or thank you for doing that. Thank you for crafting that. Now you're trained in clothing. So once you get through those like little beginner entry level quests, then you'll start to see on, on the bulletin boards that are located in, in the, some of the main cities, mm -hmm. you will see that there's daily quests available for you and you go pick them up. It's right. for all the crafting professions. You can pick them all up. So have you done this yet, Jibs? Uh, I don't think he so. Hasn't. No. That's <laughs> okay. I was thinking. I don't think I have yet. I don't think I have yet. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. It's super easy. So in order to do that, um, the basic this is for the basic crafting training. So there's two people that you'd have to talk to. Um, your first person you're going to talk to is Milleneth. It's M-I-L-L-E-N-I-T-H. Milleneth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because she yells at you every time you, you run by pretty much. Yeah, she's been It's like that... Uh, like that orcish lady, every time I get off the, uh, every time I get out of the waist frame, she goes, do you know how long I've been looking for you? And I'm like, yeah, probably a freaking long time. And you're going to continue because I'm not ready to go to Orsinium yet. So. Oh, gosh. Just... I totally know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> she like calls you out from like halfway across the street. I'm like, dang it, woman. No. Before you know it, she's going to show up in the tavern. Like, we're oh, trying to have gosh. a conversation. <sighs> okay. So anyway. Um, you, you're going to talk to Milaneth. She's at the Fighters Guild. Um, and the other person you need to talk to is called Donnell Teleno. Donnell Teleno. I think he's a he's a Dark Guild. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he's in the Mages Guild. And these are the locations where you're going to find them. They're in all of these cities. I don't know how they do it, but they're in all these cities. So anyway, um, they're in Vocal Guard. That's in Oridon. They're in Daggerfall. That's in Glenumbra. And they're in Davin's Watch. And that is in Stone Falls. And that is the three factions, basically. Those are your main starting cities. Uh, not starter islands. Those are your main starting cities. So that's where you're going to locate them. Milaneth at the Fighters Guild. Donel Tonello at the Mages Guild in those three cities. Aradon, Glenumbra, Davin's Watch. You will find them. Now, they will not show up until you're level six. So <laughs> you need, when you're level one, you ain't going to find them. I feel you really be level bad six for I anybody know. who paused I the know. show and just took off running with like level five trying to find them. I know. They're going to hate me for at least another level. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, it's super easy. It'll take you probably half an hour to complete all six certifications for the professions. And then um, once you hit that level six, you'll start to notice those, um, the notice boards in the major cities will have those writ quests available for you each day. Right. They don't take very long. Usually every day I log in to all my characters. I train them at the stables, log in, train up the stables, log out. And then I have two characters that I do writs on. 
it does not take me very long to do it all. So, um, and you get some pretty good stuff out of it. Yeah, so anyway, I, I can tell when you're doing you do your, I can tell when you're doing your stable training because anytime I'm doing questing, all of a sudden I see these yellow text popping up and filling my screen. Yep. Cash log in, log off. Cash log in, log, log off. off. Yep. I know. It's not ESO Tourette's. I swear. It's absolutely. I'm getting work done. So. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the other three. The other three: alchemy, provisioning, and enchanting. Also very important. Mm-hmm. Alchemy, why is it important? Alchemy is super important because you want to keep pots, potions on your character. You want them available for you at all times. I fought this because I was like, I don't need no pot. I don't need no stinking pots. I got I to gotta self-heal. Yeah, you need them. You will find that you'll need them. And there's all kind of boosts that you can get um, to your character if you use them. So yep. um, in the middle of a fight, if you're running out of Stam or you're running out of Magicka, just pop a pot. It helps. It really does. And the cooldowns are short enough to when by the time you run out again, you know, if you're having some problems sustaining, then they're, with sustaining your resources, then use a pot. So, yep. Use a potion. I didn't mean to say use pot. That's <laughs> terrible. That is terrible. Especially oh, if you don't yeah. live in California. Okay. <laughs> So provisioning, why is provisioning important? It's the same exact thing. Provisioning is important because at any one time, if you are out in the world of Tamriel, it's freaking dangerous. You have to have a little bit of extra love on you. So especially for me as a sorcerer, I have a sorcerer, healer, whatever. I have tons of magicka all day long. I got magicka, but I don't have that much health. So you need to get yourself boosted especially at endgame, try and get yourself boosted to at least above 20k health so you don't get one shot. I think we've already mentioned that too. Right. Yeah, Uh, last episode. episode. One or two. Right. So enchanting is important because that can help you. You put the right enchants on your gear and it's going to help you uh, increase, you know, spell crit, um, magic of stamina recovery, health recovery, uh, health itself. There's all kinds of things that you can get into with enchanting. So let's talk about the best way to level alchemy, provisioning, and enchanting. And we'll start with alchemy. So it's important to know there's nothing to break down with alchemy. You can't like deconstruct potions. Once they're mixed, they're mixed. You're done. Right. Um, the best way to do this: freaking pick flowers and pick more freaking flowers, and then pick some plants. And then pick some more freaking flowers and then craft, 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 craft. That's the only way that you're going to level your alchemy. It's just the way it is. So um, every single recipe that you find out there, learn it. On your crafting character, learn it. Um, Provisioning is kind of the same thing. There's nothing. You can't break down a a mug of Markarth mead. It's Markarth mead. You're going to drink it. That's all you can do. You can't break it down. So... Loot every single basket, every single crate, every single cabinet, every single desk, every single barrel that you find. Loot those freaking things. Even in dungeons, if when they're not waiting for you, you'll get good at it. Just run by something, loot, 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 and keep going. So if you're subbed like we talked about, that bottomless crafting bag is absolutely going to help because you'd be like a nonstop thieving. I'm taking everything. Oh, you have a bag of flour? Sorry. Now it's mine. Take it. It goes into your crafting bag. You're good to go. Um, but that's really the only way to do it is with provisioning. You just got to make food. Yeah, it's and actually. That's all food and drink. 
That's I found all it. you can do to level it. So it, it, I've been a lot. I've been to Stormhaven a lot doing the uh, pledges. So I'm getting into pledges, and I know you know I've talked about it with, in regards to our builds and stuff. And I'm finding as I sit there at the campfire, I'm just like, huh, you know what? Let's start cooking. And so it's right. actually pretty enjoyable. I don't know what it is. It is. You, you know what my favorite part is? He's got the mortar mm. and pestle, and he's kind of doing. No, uh, no, that's not the mortar and pestle. He's got his doing his little thing. He's cooking like that, cooking like that. Yeah. And then he, then he takes a little thing and he puts a spoon in his mouth and he goes. I laugh every time he does that. <laughs> yeah, that does not surprise yep. me in the slightest. No, that's not just a little bit about cash. So maybe it's too much info. I don't know. So anyway, that's provisioning. Same thing as alchemy, just. Pick up the, everything you need for it and just start crafting. That's the only way we're going to get around it. Okay. So this one is a Molag ball bag. The next one. Enchanting. Yep, this one is last one. Yes. So this one is the hardest one to level for sure. Uh, but the best way to level enchanting is every glyph you find in the world that you're not going to use, you got to disenchant it. That is the fastest way to do it. Um, you might think, well, why can't I just craft a bunch of glyphs and then deconstruct those? Well, the developers ain't stupid either. They're not going to let you just craft and then get, you know, craft and get XP and then disenchant your own stuff and get XP. So just remember or know this, that when you, you will get XP for crafting glyphs if they're level appropriate for you. But you will get little to nothing if you try and deconstruct your own glyphs. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do it is to find a friend and swap glyphs. Swapping glyphs, nothing else, just glyphs. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. You make a bunch. Well, geez, you never know. 2018 things people think. It's true, man. So, so you swap or you make glyphs and then mm -hmm. you trade them with a buddy. And have him send you the ones he made you, and then you disenchant those that he made, um, and that re it really does help. It goes relatively quickly. So, right. um, yeah. So you get a good amount of XP for uh, for doing that. Now the other thing, it only goes up to a certain point though. But when you're new at enchanting, when you discover unknown traits on runes, so you as you're crafting runes, like you'll discover unknown traits, and you can only discover them once, but you do get some pretty significant XP for discovering those traits. Uh, but once you've opened them all up and discovered all the traits or a majority of the crates out there, then that's going to slow down big time for you. So then just remember from there, the only thing that you can do is just disenchant um, ones that, you're, that, you, that you find in the world or ones that your friends have made and sent you. So right. have a little patience with enchanting because it, it does take a minute to do. Yeah, it really does. And really all of this takes a you know, a massive time investment just in general. You know, you're going to be going through these and that's one thing I have picked up on is is just how my worst mistake when I first started playing Elder Scrolls Online many, many years ago was this game felt shallow. Well, no, it wasn't shallow. I wasn't investing myself into this game. And now that I've come back to the game a month ago, you know, we talked about it last episode, whatever. It's it's so truly massive. It's so there's so much depth. It's truly a great great experience, especially crafting. Like, you know, if you if that's if that's your thing, you just love to craft. Um then 
you're going to be right at home here. You're going to be right at home because it's there's so much that you can do. So much you can do. Oh, crap. Cash. Right. Oh, man. He's here again, Maybe dude. Maybe he's going to tell me something else. He's going to break my heart again. Did you find my soul? Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Alright, well it's that special, wonderful time again. We're back with another lore lesson. You guys have consistently shown how much you uh, seem to enjoy these lore lessons. And this week's a special week because we are officially starting to go through the races. Cash, this week we are doing High Elves. Yes, we are. And I think before we get started... Uh, where's the waitress? I don't know. Waitress! My dear! Cyrodiilic brandy, please. Coming right up. Because I'm nearly out. This stuff is strong as hell. <laughs> I'm a lightweight. Okay. I'm a lightweight. So yes, <laughs> I'm super excited. If you could see me right now, I have hands in the air, victorious, because uh, we're starting racial mot- uh, motives, and I'm super excited about this. Here's the other question, JB: hmm? Is it motif or motive? You know, it's kind of like tomato, tomato. Really, you're going to get the same result. I personally like motif because it makes me feel a little bit smarter when I say it. Makes you, okay, makes you feel like an Altmer. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) So let's go with, let's go with motif. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the high elves today. I'm very, actually very excited to talk about this because it happens to be the character that I'm currently maining uh, is a high elf sorcerer. So let's talk a little bit about where they come from and how okay. snooty they are. Okay. They are uh, so the Altmer, or the race of, the ancestor race of Aldmer with a D. So ancestor race, Aldmer with a D, the mm-hmm. newest, most, most now high elves are known as the Altmer with a T. Correct. Uh, their name actually translates from Old Mary, Old Old Mary language to mean high ones or cultured ones. Mm-hmm. And that totally so makes sense. So if that kind of sets the pace a little bit, <laughs> if it sets the pace a little bit about what people think about them and what they think of themselves, then there you go. <laughs> so they uh, are actually one of the oldest races known on Tamriel. And they are uh, they are an elven race, basically from the Somerset Isles, which is uh, the southwest coast of Tamriel, southwest of Valenwood. Now, Somerset Isles is a very interesting place, and I don't mean to get too off-topic here, but there is a lot of speculation out there that that may be the next expansion we get for Elder Scrolls Online. It may be the Somerset Isles. It's true. There's a lot of people talking about that. Uh, I've seen it a lot on social media. It would make sense. I'd actually be kind of down for it, because in a way, in a lot of ways, this is where everything began for this series. Right, exactly. And there's they're already close. I mean, we have Aradon, which right. is about the closest you're going to get to Somerset Isles. So if you look at your map, you will notice where Aradon is. If you look just to the west of that, that island that is not yet touched in the game is the Somerset Isles. So Correct. that is where, that's where the Altmer are known to have come from. Even before that, they were said to have come from Old Elnafe. We're not really going to go into that. We're just going to kind of touch on the most recent stuff. Um, 
I'm sure somebody's probably going to give me some hate. Why didn't you cover all down the face? Because I'm too new and I haven't read about it yet. So there. So anyway. <laughs> I'm still trying to get it, man. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn this stuff. Okay, so there are other elven races uh, that mm-hmm. also came from the Somerset Isle, which include other playable character races, the Bosmer or the Wood Elves, and the Dunmer or the Dark Elves. Now, we're going to cover them in their own segment on another show, but just know that both the Bosmer and the Dunmer, both the Wood Elves and the Dark Elves, came from the High Elf line. They just decided, for whatever reasons they chose, to branch out, and then they've evolved into what they are today. Correct. But Right, so... Let's get back to the Altmer. The Altmer, the High Elf. They are very well known for magical affinities. Yep. And they ha- are one of the races who have appeared in every single Elder Scrolls game thus far. Probably because they're the most well-known race. True. I will never forget the first time I interacted with one. I'm like, wow, you are a douchebag. I'm so you're, glad I spoke to you. You're kind of a D. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we're going to get into some of their snootiness. It's actually it's true. kind I, of funny. It's funny, but it's kind of it's kind of warranted in a way. But anyway, we'll talk about it. Totally is. Okay. All right. So their physical appearance and traits. Yes. So they are the tallest of the humanoid races. You will be able to tell that your sliders will make them very, very large. And it's actually surprised me that they're taller than the Nords because Nords are freaking gigantic. Have you seen Lyris? Um... Yes. Why is is she like an Amazon woman or something? Did I miss something? Because holy crap! Actually, yeah, she's huge. And put her up against a Bosmer. <laughs> oh my god! And it's like, yeah, I know. Yep. That's like insane. hip level. So yeah. it's like all right. So yep. uh, Altmer are very light of skin, very slender. They, they have very refined and prominently pointed ears. Yes. So far, she sounds. They sound a lot like cash. Yeah. Awesome. You know well, what? I'll, one. I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to sit here and I judge you now for the rest of the episode. Go on. I want to keep should. judging. You've been judging me for years, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they are, they are typically not as muscular as humans. Okay. Let's see. Well, that's where we differ right there. Uh, and not as agile as wood elves. So okay. that makes plenty of sense. It makes right. plenty of sense. Right. Okay, so they are the most intelligent and magically gifted race on Nerd. Yep. Yep, that's where you're like going to get... Yeah, and I like how they put that in the game, too. You know, it's They give you just a little bit of a bonus, just enough for you to recognize, hey, if you're going to go... If you want to min-max, your best option is the High Elf. And you know, I think it's like 2% right, difference. Right, you better recognize... <laughs> Y'all better recognize. And I love the fact that they have that in the game. It's not huge, but it's just enough to recognize, again, in the High Elves, in their own mind, they're better than you, and they know it. Yeah, and it it does make a difference. I'm not kidding you. Full Stam, or excuse me, full Magicka on my Sork, he's a beast. A beast. Yeah. I love my character. I know you. I really love my character. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. My character is life. Let's get back on track. <laughs> All right. So um, the Altmer, being the oldest race on Tamriel, are very quick to remind you of their superior civility, which is why many other races consider them 
douchebags. Now, can we can we stop? <laughs> snobbish. It can, says can snobbish, we, not douchebags. Can we stop here for a minute and talk about that? Because as long as it's good, I think. Well, no, I plan on it to be terrible. <laughs> but here's the thing. Got, uh, uh, Shoddy Cast did a great video on high elves. This was oh, they, yeah. they released it in 2013. It's five years old, but it's just as relevant as today and they kind of addresses this and and i'll be honest before i watch this video i didn't want to watch the video because i can't stand the high elves i generally my first i'll never forget the first time i spoke to one in morrowind how jerky they were and then in oblivion it got even worse and you how you have to be a high elf just to get any amount of respect even if it's a small amount depending on your intellect because that's how they judge you in this society the high elf society they judge you off your intellect the most intelligent are the ones running the show and those of us who are just workers we're at the bottom level okay and so when i first talked to these high elves and they're so jerky about everything i get i kind of get it now in their own mind why they feel that they have that right because they they live they can live like over a thousand years and they have seen more. They have experienced more. They vastly understand more things than we do. They taught the people in Tamriel uh, the basic writing, the whole basic language. Like, they were very, very instrumental in us, well, the, rest of <laughs> the rest of us, learning and picking a lot of things up. And so in their minds, they're higher high elves like they're they're a step above and i kind of get it now so i'm kind of okay with it right but at the end of the day you're still a jerk like there's just there's just no way around it <laughs> right they're they're extra it's funny that you say that because remember we were talking about parallels to real life in this yeah. game yeah there is you're a jerk you're playing high skyrim there well if there's if anybody's you know played skyrim <laughs> or any of the other games there's a lot of racism it's it really gnarly. is. It's really. It's, I mean, it's it, yeah. We're not. Hey, we're not condoning. We're just saying it, it's in the game. It's in our world. So, right. It is there, regardless of how you feel about it. It is there, and um, yeah, it really it being is. in the game. It does. I mean, it makes it makes things that more real. Like, oh my gosh, it could go that deep. Well, yeah, it really does go that deep. Yeah, especially. So, and, and I feel like they have the most disdain. Yeah, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I feel like, too, from Tales of Tamriel, the, it was either the lore of the land, I want to say book two of the lore, and, or no, it was the land, I'm sorry. There's an article, I forget what, what page it's on, but it talks about how the High Elves almost have a sharp disdain for the Bosmer. How they truly look at oh, them. absolutely, yes. Like, they are the crap on the bottom of their boot kind of thing. I mean, yes, and it's not only we will get into it more when we when we talk about the Bosmeri culture, but it is it stems from many different things. The beginning of it is the fact that the Bosmer were once high elf, right? And they yeah. decided they did not want anything to do with the society and the empire that the high elf was building. And they right. decided to, to travel further east. And that's when they ended up in Valenwood. And then over over time and centuries and generations, 
they adapted to the the forest life that they live and that's why they're so much smaller some of them sprouted actually sprouted um uh deer antlers in in small amounts and they became so much more agile was because they needed and a whole bunch of other stuff in their culture that's freaking amazing i can't wait to cover the bosmer it's awesome but even in this game if you play in this game if you play through the quest line in grotwood you will see the racism between the high elf and the bosmer and the khajiit yeah it's pretty interesting it's very political. It's very, very interesting when you when you play that. If you have not played Grotwood, it's my favorite storyline. It's my favorite zone in the whole game. I love it. So well, here's the thing it. too. Really, and I really played cool. and I play a Dunmer, a Dark Elf, and you're clearly still not as good. But I don't even feel. I mean, I feel kind of like the the black sheep in a way. But dude, Bosmer in the eyes. <laughs> Bosmer are like on a whole nother lower level. Like the way that they, the way that they talk to them, and yes, it's kind of mind blowing, man. And and you kind of and again you, you know, when you actually start looking at the stuff and and the books that they've got out and understanding it more, it it really sucks you into the game that much more. Yes, and I I will say this on my last point for understanding the reason between. Um, the for the rift between the Altmer and the Bosmer. One of the things that the one of the things in the Bosmeri culture that has evolved over time, and we will talk about it. Um, the rest of Tamriel sees as terrible, and all I will say is cannibalism. I'm going to leave it at that because we're going to cover that one. We're going to cover that one at another time, and. I, Man, that's going to be a fun one for me because I love the Bosmer. Oh, man. Hands down, my favorite race. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I think Bosmer. if there's anything that kind of sticks out with. Gosh, I, that. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> gross. Yeah, it really is. If there's anything, too, that I remember with the High Elf, though, is. And I remember watching it in the, uh, the Shoddy Cast video. They have a very refined way of eating, and they totally expect you to follow they it. They do. Do you want to cover it? Yeah, sure. You know what? I'll take this. I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon here. Um, so, and again, you, and I remember with this video, and they did a great job. Well done. ShoddyCast, great, great job. I oh, recommend yeah. you guys go just type in ShoddyCast, High Elf, and spend the next 23 minutes just learning about it. Did a great job. I mean, you've got to seriously watch the way that you act around these people. So they've got um, a very detailed set table manners uh one you got to refill the glass of the di- of the diner of the dinner i think that's what that's meant to your left no it's, no, it it's diner oh okay. yeah so if diner you're sitting to, your- to my left and you and your drink is almost empty i have to refill your drink oh i see okay 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 all right that's kind of so okay all right so never you never refill your own glass that's one thing that they expect from you um you never rest utensils on the edge of any vessel. So it can't be touching anything. That's... I, I, I couldn't... I would be... I'd be like the janitor if I was a high elf. There's no way I could follow all this. Um, do not eat more than the most prestigious attendee at any function. I'm out. Uh, 
I'm out. Um, never watch another while they chew. Now, see, that's just provoking for me. Now I just want to stare at someone when they chew. Um, using the wrong utensil is considered barbaric. If you do not know which to use, watch other guests and follow their example. Hmm. Okay. I you could know. not be IRL a an offer. There's no way. No, I'd be cleaning the toilets. That, there's no way I'd be have a seat at the table. That's well, my biggest happen. problem is, number one, refill the glass at the diner to your left when it's low. What happens when the guy who's supposed to refill my glass has had too much to drink and he either forgets or blacks out? Punch him. Right I can't refill my own glass? Right in the face. I wouldn't be punching him in the face. I'm talking right in the mommy-daddy button. Right. That's my drink. Right in the low blow. Mm. Yeah. I understand okay. that. So anyway. You know the... Super the, weird. They really are. Uh, there, that, There's no way... You or I would make it as a Holdmer ever. Ever, ever, no. ever. So, history and religion. This is the last part we got for the uh, the High Elf motif. Right. So, um, the ancestors, known as the Aldmeri, arrived on Somerset Isles, and they really don't know why they, they came to Somerset Isles from the continent of Aldmeris. And that's this is like super ancient times. Um, and then we talked about before how the Old Mary split into their own groups and ended up traveling beyond the Somerset Isles, and that was the Bosmer and the Dunmer. And then the Aldmer remained in the area of the Somerset Isles, uh, and they really started an empire. Yeah. Um, their influence, really, if you look at Tamriel today, the Aldmer influence really dominates the entire continent um, in the forms of like culture, religion, language, architecture. Um, and it all stems from the Cyrodiilic Empire. Right. There's that influence all over Tamriel. So um, the High Elves primarily will worship the Aedra, and specifically the Aedra who assisted in the creation of Nern, but were smart enough to remove themselves from, from the creation process and save their divinity. Now, there's only a few. So Akatosh is one, mm -hmm. the, uh, the god, of, uh, god of dragons, and he is... He is known as Ariel by Altmer. So uh, especially if you're doing those Grotwood quests, um, you will hear them reference Ariel. Basically, they're talking about Akatosh. Um, he is their, their chief deity. And then Standar. Y'all need Standar. You've heard me say that before. And then also Mara. Um, uh -huh. They also revere. They might not worship, but they revere Trinimac. So... Yes. Trinimac was known as the champion deity of the elves. Um, and it's actually a very a fun fact I'm going to cover here in just a second on Trinimac. Very interesting. Um, also, they revere Magnus. He is a source of magic on Nern, according to the Altmer. And uh, Finister. He is the patron god of the Somerset Isle. And then here's another very interesting guy. The guy who is in charge of all of the creation of Nern. Is he a trickster? Is he not a trickster? I don't know, but this guy is Lorcan, the patron god of man. And we covered him, I think, episode one when we yep. talked about the creation of yep. Nern itself. Yep. I, I think my favorite thing I picked up from that, I was reading, again, I was going through the tales of Tamriel, uh, the books that they put out. And um, did you know, Tales of Tamriel, book two, lore, page 59, Finister actually showed <laughs> why is this a thing 
showed them how to adjust their walking so that they could live another hundred years. Well, I don't know. I guess walking wrong could make you old. <laughs> Why is that a thing? Why is that maybe a you thing? trip? You maybe you trip, fall, hit a rock, sustain a neurological injury, and die. Okay. Yeah, I could see yeah. that short lifespan from a rock. All right, right on. I dig it. Anyway, yeah, there you I go. That was funny. Con- continue. <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit about Lorcan, and uh, as you remember, he was the one who was believed to have tricked the Adra into giving part of themselves for the creation of Nern. So. He's a pretty widely debated guy. Um, oh, then I want to talk about Trinimac. I almost forgot about Trinimac. Trinimac. Here's the f- little fun fact about Trinimac, who is revered by the Aldmer. Mm-hmm. Altmer. Uh, ancient Adroth, an Aldmeri deity, whose physical manifestation allowed him to actually walk on Nern. This is back during the mythic era. It's not like modern times. Right. Um, unfortunately, though, for the Altmer, who did revere him, uh, he disappeared near the end of the mythic era, and legend states that he was eaten by the Daedric Prince Boethia and reformed into Malakath, who is very highly revered by the orcs. Man, that's a sucky way to go, right? Yeah, be eaten? Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. You I would get imagine. vomited out into something else. <laughs> I would get stuck into whatever it is his teeth, for sure. I'm sticky. <laughs> So, oh, that's funny. All right, so we're going to finish this up with uh, some notable Altmer, some notable High Elves in uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I'm going to start off with my very favorite, like from start to finish, my very favorite, uh, Queen Irene, who you see several times uh, within the game and with the different storylines. She is a very famous uh, Altmer, and she is also, fun fact, voiced by Kate Beckinsale, in Elder Scrolls Online. Let um, meow meow. Let's just be honest. That's the main reason why you're in Queen Aaron. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the her avatar is freaking beautiful. Yeah. But Kate Beckinsale awesome. is like... Remember from like, the main storyline. Like real beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, um, then there's Vanis Galarian, who you know as the founder of the Mages Guild. He right. is also a very famous Altmer. Yes. Um, oh, this next guy. <laughs> Manemarco, the king of worms. Douchebag is also (laughs) a Altmer. And then um, this one I put in there strictly for you, my friend. Strictly for you. Uh Calselmo, he is an Altmer and was the leading researcher of Dwemer culture in Tamriel. Squee! Love it. Isn't that awesome? I I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that so he's in there. And as always, awesome. my sources are uh, the Elder Scrolls Wiki. And then this time, just like JB did, I actually got into um, the Tales of Tamriel book again. It's God, it's so, so, so good. It's so good. If you and have I not think, picked it up, yeah. it's, it's not expensive to pick up. It is a great book on lore, and the way that they tell it is just so cool. So yeah. don't hesitate. Yeah, I think so, someone in our community just... Uh, Sent a message out saying it was 50% off. So if that's still going on, get on it at uh, Amazon. Nice. Nice, nice. But uh, anyway, well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this show. This was episode three of the Lore Seekers podcast. 
And, uh, you know, I tell you what, if you did enjoy this show, we want to know. Leave us a uh, review over at iTunes. For every five-star review, we give you guys some love on this show. And we've got some five-stars to go through real quick. Uh, This one's from Jelos, host of Tales of Tamriel podcast. His awesome cast. I love him. By Cash and Crew. (laughs) Love these guys. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Uh, Lotus OD says great podcast for newcomers to the series as well as veterans the hosts have good chemistry and sound quality is excellent as well strong recommendation thanks lotus and the last you, one yeah I, I got a quick note on lotus yeah lotus uh i think he uh, he was saying that he cleared scale collar peak last night without a healer it was just a tank and dps on vet i think he tweeted that, and i'm like okay I gotta shout that out because that's freaking legit. No kidding. So, anyway, nice job, Lotus. No kidding. That is awesome. Uh, and also, you, uh, you and I both know this guy. We flew down to you flew to Louisiana. I drove to Louisiana, and we surprised him for their wedding, his brother's wedding. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Galios, my man, says two of my favorite podcasters on the air again, and bringing the heat to t- to Tiso Tesso. Listen to me. I have been a fan of Jibs and Cash for as long as they've been podcasting and to have them start up again, especially in a game that I have been debating on playing, made my year. Thanks for taking up the mantle again, guys, and look forward to learning with you once I get the game downloaded. First show was fantastic. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Galios. You're a solid dude. Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, You can always give us a call. Next week, uh, we'll be coming back with some more of your emails. You can always leave us a voicemail, too. We'll play your call live on the show by giving us a voicemail at 765-382-6961. You can email us your questions, or if you just have comments about the show, at loresecretspodcast at gmail.com. Or the easy way to do it would be just go to loresecretscast.com, and at the bottom of the homepage, there's a form. Fill it out. Send it in. That's it. Cash, we're a part of guilds. Yes, we are. We're a part of two guilds, and I have a Khajiit in the room. Get out now. Uh, two <laughs> guilds. Uh, the first one is Meridia's Order of Guards, which is part of the larger community at mognation.com, at mog-nation.com. Um, Meridia's Order of Guards, a guild for parents and working professionals, mature and very drama-controlled. Don't bring your crap, because we don't want it. You can apply for membership at mog-nation.com. <laughs> Also, uh, really good friends at the Divine Conclave, my RP guild. I'm having a blast with them. Um, and you can find them at socan.engine.com. That's S-O-K-A-N. And then also our trade guild. If you're online, look for Sneaky B-O. Yeah. Outstanding trade guild. Super fun. Lots of events that they do. And um, pretty low-key trade guild to be a part of. So hop Agreed. in. Find us. Agreed. Special thanks to Mog Nation member Spin for the news and information for this week's episode. You can follow us on Twitter, myself at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash, and most importantly, the show at Lore Seeker Cast. Guys, we'll be back next week. You have a great one. Talk soon. Dilly dilly. Deuces. <laughs> 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 <laughs>